Good morning. This wasn't the first time that I put Scandal and Christmas together. Okay? It actually goes all the way back to um, when I was a young person and there was this station on TV called TBS. It wasn't the Christmas story, but it was a Christmas story. And it was when Ralphie asked what he wanted for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want a Red Rider, two, uh, car, Red Rider carbine action, 200-shot model, air range rifle. Come on, I worked on that a lot. No, you'll shoot your eye out. So what did his dad do? Totally bought it for him. All the while to cover up the real scandal of the movie. The leg lamp. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, A Christmas Story, you're kind of missing out, but uh, maybe that's just my opinion. But when I think of scandal and Christmas, I don't necessarily put them into the same category. Outside of this movie, I, I really would say I put scandal with the government uh, and the surveillance program of 2013 and how this uh, one whistleblower came out. He was a contract worker, and all of a sudden, like all of our phone lines were tapped, and we didn't even know it. Maybe we did. Or I think of last year's Harvard cheating scandal where um, several students were got cheating in one particular class. Uh, economic, no, ethics and government. I'm not making it up. You can Google it. It's hilarious. Uh, and so big donors are calling the school, threatening to withhold their giving because their kid got kicked out or their kid got suspended. That's the kind of stuff that I think about. Um, maybe you've seen the show Scandal on TV. It actually, oh yeah, yeah, I'm hearing it. Okay, uh, their season three opener, which was two months ago, had over 10.5 million viewers, beat out Grey's Anatomy, beat out uh, Elementary, and beat out Parenthood. So we like a good scandal, or we think we do. But uh, see, the real the, the retailers have figured this out. I don't know if you caught this the last couple of years with their Good Friday ads. They put them out like a week before or two weeks before, and they say, um, secret Walmart ad leaked for good f- for Black Friday. Um, you know, Costco leaks ad or whatever real uh, retailer you want. They they leak their Good Friday ad, and so then you think you've got secret information. And so what do you do? You sit there and you go, Ooh, yeah. And then you you wait for Good Friday or Black Friday, not Good Friday, Black Friday. Gosh, did I do that twice? I think I did. Black Friday. With anticipation. Now, I was able to hold out because I'm good. I wanted a high, high status. I wanted to be able to say morally I was able to fight the consumerism of Black Friday. But then Cyber Monday came. Oh, my gosh. Because, because of all the hype for Black Friday and all the leaked ads, I just thought it was too good to be true because, see, I don't know if you got this one, but the Proform 18.0 RE elliptical, this is a total body mach- like toning machine. Um, this has an iFit Live technology. This has in-handle quick-touch controls, so you don't even have to move your arms I don't know why you wouldn't move your arms if you're exercising, but 24 workout apps, and it's compatible with your iPod. Do you know this on Black Friday? I don't know what it was, but it's, it lists at $14.99, and, and on Cyber Monday, this was only $799. That's 47% off. But because, because of the leaked stuff on Black Friday, and then all of a sudden the price comes down on Cyber Monday... 
I'm like, whoa, this is too good to be true. I'm just not sure. Well, now it's, now it's $1,066.99. Now I only saved 29%, so I missed out. Okay, maybe you're, maybe you're not liking the elliptical. So, so I'm kind of a guitar fan. There is a sawtooth acoustic guitar. I promise we won't do this all day. But this guitar, I mean, I don't know the brand sawtooth very well, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just a knockoff of someone who's really good. It's probably a Gibson, you know, that's hidden. And, and look at the inlay on that. It's really good inlay. Plus, there's, there's that custom black guitar guard with a graphic. It includes a hard case and a DVD to learn how to play. Well, this lists at $379.99. And on, you know, Black Friday, again, like, the price was good, but it wasn't that good. So, so they, have it, they had it on Cyber Monday for $119. Again, that's, that's 69% off. Now, I, 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 I thought, mm, I don't know, is it going to go lower? So I didn't buy it, but now it's $148.75. It's free shipping, but you know, now you're only saving, what, 61%? where you could have saved 69%. I don't know. See, we, when we put scandal with too good to be true, now it makes a whole lot of sense that not just a Christmas story is scandalous, but, but the Christmas story is scandalous. We think of scandal, we think of the weather, we think about who's dating who, or we think about Christmas is what we should think about. See, on Christmas, we, we have certain expectations. We, we expect to hear about Mary and Joseph, baby Jesus. We, ex, we expect to hear about some sales. We expect to hear about Santa and Jingle Bells. Um, but then, you know, they, they, they say we're not doing the holidays parade, and we're shocked. Well, remember, before this story, there was... There was no good news. If we hear the story today, like the, the writers, and, and I would say like God wants us to hear it, we would hear scandal all over it. See, this story, if we, if, we, if we really hear it today, if we let the word speak to us, if we let God speak to us about this story, I don't think it just changes history. That's a big deal. It really changes our life. It's a story that, that, that just cuts and slices through our expectations. And, and with this story, God really asks us about what we think about our status. It, it challenges what we believe about us, ourselves, what we believe about God, and what we believe about who God works with. So I really want us to hear this story that's really a story to two very different people, very similar messages, but very different people. One who has all the right qualifications and one who seemingly has none. So that's what, where we're going today. If you have a Bible, you want to turn to Luke chapter 1, because I don't want to assume that you know the Christmas story, because more and more, less of us understand it. But like I said, if we were, if we were at the time that this prior to this happening, there's not a lot of good news. If you were one of God's people, you'd probably be called an Israelite. Maybe you'd be called a Hebrew you'd, or you'd be called a Jew. It's been a long time since, then, since God's people had their heyday. 
since they were, um, I guess, what season are we in? Super Bowl champions. Uh, these, these people would remember back to King David. They would remember when peace and prosperity was in the land, and not only in the land, but in their lives. Where, where the enemies were kept at bay, where God was seemingly there with them. They had, shortly after David, they had a temple. God filled that temple with his spirit. And then the, the, the nation divided. It was short-lived. The nation divided. Assyria came in and, and took over the, half, ten of the two, 10 of the 12 tribes. Then Babylon came in, took over Syria, took over the Judea, Judea, took over all the tribes, desecrated and demolished their temple. This idea that God was with them was more or less destroyed. And that was... 600 years before that. Sure, the, the Persians were nice to them, but then Greece came over, took over. Then Rome came over and took over. And they've been in, living in an occupied land for, for years. And it's one thing to have exile, because that's what God did. He sent them into exile. He gave them what they wanted. They said, I, I want to live independent from you, God. And so he okay, we'll separate. But like our, our closest relationships, it's one thing to, to let, have someone let you know that they're mad at you, right? And, and they send you into exile, if you will. They, they verbalize how they feel about you. But it's a whole other thing for them to just go completely silent. Maybe you've gotten the silent treatment before. We do it in much more subtle ways than when we did when we were kids, but it's hard, to say the least. And that's what God did. He's silent. For 400 years, he's been silent. To say that God loves them and God is with them, they would go, no, no, no. He was with us at one point, and we know someday he will, No, someday Messiah will come. Someday he'll be with us, but he's not with us. That's the story the writer's speaking into. In those moments of gloominess, in those moments of little hope, it says in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5, in the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. This writer is really about orderly accounts, and so he wants... The people to know that you can go and you can look in the Roman records and you can find when they occupied the territory and you can find when they put this cared king in the land and you can can figure out this is a real story. It's not a Christmas story. It's the Christmas story and it's not a fairy tale. He's trying to tell us it's true. At that time, there was this priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. If you don't follow this, just nod along for a second. His wife was Elizabeth. She was a descendant of Aaron. Really important people to these guys. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the God's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. And one day, Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God and he was chosen by lot according to the customs to go into the temple and burn incense. And when the time of the temple burning of incense came, 
People worshipped and prayed outside, and Zechariah went in. So, so Zechariah, the writer wants us to know who Zechariah is. Zechariah is not just a priest. He's, the, he's a priest of priests. He's, he's from the best of the best. He's got all the right pedigree. He comes from all the right lineage. And he has done everything right. That's what the writer's trying to say. He's lived righteously. I mean, his wife, for Pete's sake, was, was named after the first priest's wife, Aaron and Elizabeth. And so this lady's name is Elizabeth. All perfect status. Okay? And an angel of the Lord appears to him in the temple, in the holy place. And he stands at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. I wish I had more there. He was, he was freaking out. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Which one? Because I'm in, I'm in here according to my duty. And I know as a priest, I'm supposed to go present the prayers of the people before God. But my most desperate prayer, the prayer I prayed forever, the prayer I prayed the longest time. And, and by the way, the priest gets to go into this holy place, not the most holy place, they only get to go there once a year, but the, the most holy place, or the holy place, very important place. In fact, it's so important that, that if you actually get the chance to go into this place once, you're done. You get once in your career. Which means he's very old, he's very wealthy, he's very righteous. This has never happened before. And in that moment, he hears and meets an angel of the Lord. Gabriel, he says. He he even gives his name. I'd say, which prayer? The prayer that for the longest time, it's personal prayer. Sometimes I feel guilty about praying it, but it's never been answered. This is my one shot to go into this place, to be in the right place at the right time with God, having the right qualifications. And he says, my prayer's been heard. But so far, we would, we would expect the story is going along exactly as planned. Okay? You will have a son, and you will name him John, and he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice at his birth because he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Not to be simplistic and cheesy, but wouldn't we all want that? Wouldn't we all want God to say of, of people that we get to bring into the world that, that they would be great, that they would be a joy and delight to us, and that many would rejoice at their birth, and that they would be great in God's sight? So, even though it's really good news, it's probably what we'd all pray. And it's certainly not scandalous, right? Let's do a status check on Zechariah. Okay, if meeting with God is as arduous as getting through TSA, like going on a flight, then, then he, he breezes through. He's, he's a priest. He's not just a priest. He's the priest of priests. He's, he's wealthy. We find that out later. He, he lives in the right place. He's from the hill country of Judea. We'll find that out later in the story if we read on, which is the places where Abraham lived. It's like the Hiltons. Uh, it's like the, um, 
the, the fancy places of the world. They would just call that the fancy spiritual places, the hill country of Judea. Bethel is there. Um, Shechem is there. Fancy places. He's, he's righteous. says he's, he's never, he's, he's lived blamelessly. Um, and he's old. That's important because in our culture we celebrate youth, but in their culture they would have celebrated age, wisdom. And so being old means you have a better chance of being close to God. And, let's not forget this one, at that time, he was a he. God spoke to the men, not to the women. It's just how how it was thought. So no scandal. That's my point. That's what I'm trying to get across here. There's no scandal because he's done everything right. Passport, check. ID, check. That's passport. Um, you, do you have any paraphernalia, any weapons, anything? You know, are you a terrorist? No, no, no. Okay, through. You know, pat down. No, nope, you get to skip that because you're you look you look the part. You act the part. You're the right part. So God has heard your prayer. Some of us think that, right? Some of us think that that's how God works. If I have the right status, then God will hear my prayer. We can almost hear like that nice guys don't finish last phrase going through our head when we hear this, when, we ex- when we're seeing this. And it fits with our expectations of God. If you're old, if you're a man, if you're righteous, if you're wealthy, if you're this, if you're this, if you're religious, then God will hear your prayer. And this is why I love the Bible so much, especially Luke, because he's into these huge reversals. The very next story, all expectations get thrown out the window. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, just linking it back to the last story, God sent the angel Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, the same one that was just talked about, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Okay, if you do a little study here and do a status check on Mary, Zechariah was in the temple, which was in Jerusalem. That one that got destroyed, Herod rebuilt it. And so now they're saying that God is there in the, in the fancy place of Jerusalem, not just in the right town and in the rich town, but in the right place in the temple. Not just the temple, but in the holy place of the temple. I mean, you can't get any more right than that. She's in Nazareth, okay, which is in the region of Galilee. There's an old rabbinical saying that said, if you want to get rich, you go to the north, Galilee. And if you want to get wise, Jerusalem, you go to the south, Jerusalem. So people who sold out went to Galilee. That's, that's, what they, that's the status of people from Galilee. They were sellouts. And then Nazareth is like this dumpy little town, dumpy little village that is in the sold out place. You can't get any more remote than this. You, you can't get any lower on the scale. In fact, in John, the, the, another book, the writer says, Nazareth, somebody says, can anything good come from Nazareth? The answer is no. Nothing good can come from Nazareth. So not the right place, not the right background. 
And the angel says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Hmm. Again, I'd like to have a little more to the story. See, greatly troubled and wondering is like all of a sudden she freaks out and she starts to have a little dialogue in her head. Maybe you do this. I do this a lot. Sometimes I externalize it so people know about it. Some of us, we just kind of hold it around and we don't want anyone to know that we're freaking out in our head, but we're completely freaking out in our head and we're having a dialogue in our head about what we're freaking out about. Why would God say that I'm highly favored and why would God say that he's with me? Because he hasn't been with our people for at least 400 years. Really, he hasn't been with our people for 600 years. And, and I'm just some girl from this town, from this place that meets none of the qualifications of the right status. What the writer is trying to say is what we heard on the news a few months ago when the nine-year-old boy like sneaks through TSA and ends up on a flight to Las Vegas. We go, what? How did he get through? The same thing is what we would be saying if we didn't know this story. If we were someone at this time, we would be saying, what? How does she get through? She's not from the right place. She's not from the right family. She's not wealthy. We find that out later in the story, that they can't even offer the proper sacrifice. So they can't offer the best sacrifice. They can't even offer the middle sacrifice. They've got to offer like the poorest of the poor sacrifices for Jesus when he's born. They are so poor. She's from an obscure place. She's, she's poor. She, um, it, she, she, I'm not saying she's not righteous, but the story doesn't say anything about her being righteous. She's just some random girl that's called a virgin who's named Mary. And she is a she. Remember, God doesn't speak through the women. He speaks to the men. Okay? Imagine your Facebook all of a sudden lights up, or at least maybe doesn't light up, but all of a sudden you see this random post that came over from Twitter from this girl that's 14 from the Apple Valley Middle School that's like, God spoke to me. He's totally on the move. Watch out. We'd go, remove from timeline. Block sender. Deny request. We would go, no, God doesn't speak through the Apple Valley Middle School girl's bathroom or girl's cafeteria room. That's just not what he does. And I'm not dissing 14-year-old girls. I mean, I am a little, but... Sorry. The point is, it completely messes with our expectations, or it should. We would say it's a scandal. This is not how God works. What do you do with that? She's troubled. She starts the dialogue in her head, and it's the same dialogue. God wouldn't come to me. I don't meet any of the right qualifications. I don't have the right status. We do this too, right? If, if we do the same thing with Zechariah and say, if we do this and if we do this and if we do this, then we hear from God. And all of a sudden, here we have someone who hasn't done the right things, who's not the right type of person, who's not from the right place, who doesn't have the right qualifications, who doesn't have the right bank account, and... And God is saying that 
she's highly favored, which means that God's abundant, amazing grace, his great grace, has come to her. And that he's with her. God's grace. Hmm. I thought we earned that. Even though we'd never say that if we were church people, we kind of think that. We earn God's grace. See, Mary was full of grace, right? Hail Mary, full of grace, if you're a Catholic. And then we have to ask ourselves, so does God come to Mary because she's full of grace? Because she's good? No. God says, Mary, you're good because I chose you. Out of nowhere. So the wrong place, the wrong person, the wrong time, the wrong everything, God chooses Mary, gives her great grace, and that makes her good. Even though it's really about Jesus, which we'll find out later. He will be great. Mary's not great, and then God chose her. God chose her, and that made her great. That's really important. And a lot of times we skip right over that. Do you ever wonder in your life if God would choose you? We think we have to be good, right? And he says, no, no, I'm going to choose you. That's going to make you good. Because I'm going to fill you with my great grace. And I'm going to be with you. God is with us. If we, if we take Mary's story and make it our story, and I think that's what the writer's saying, because really, if I, if I have to compare myself with Zachariah, guys, I am not going to make it. But if I can compare myself with Mary, I have hope. We have hope. If God chooses someone that seems so random and so not the right person, then God could choose me, and God could choose you. And God could choose us. Anyone can have Mary's story. Anyone can have God's great grace. Anyone can have God with them. In fact, I would even go so far as to say, because the, the, the angel says, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will conceive and bring forth Jesus. If we accept God's great grace, if we accept that that makes us good and that God is with us, then the Holy Spirit does come to us. And then we have the Holy Spirit, and in one little small sense, we now give the Holy Spirit in a small way like Mary. We bring forth Jesus to others that need to know of God's great great grace. It's something that you and I have. It's the only thing we have if we're really truly honest. Zechariah doesn't believe and gets silenced. The guy who has all the right status is silenced. The girl who has none of the right status says, may it be, I accept. I will receive this great grace and this news. I'll be God's. I'll be his servant. I'll be his bond slave. I'll be his anything he wants. 
I'll be completely surrendered. That's what bond slave or servant means in this case. I'll be completely surrendered to God's will. What do you need to change this Christmas? Meaning, what do you need to stop believing and having expectations about? And what do you need to start believing and having expectations about? God wants to transform your Christmas because God wants to transform your life. Will you let him? Let's pray as we enter back into a time of reflection and a time of reminder of his good news with communion. God, I pray that Mary's story could be our story. God, I pray that you'd challenge us and our beliefs right now. God, do we really believe that you're going to use and choose ordinary people to bring about amazing spiritual things? God, I know there are people in this room who who just can't even say your great grace is on them and that you're with them. God, because they think, no, oh no, you don't know what I've done or you don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't have the right status. God, I pray that you'd speak to them. Speak to us about how no matter what, you choose and you want to choose us.